How do I know that small women don't like being patronized? Let's just say a little bird told me. Once I lost my job as a cricket commentator for saying the words, I don't want to bore you with the details. So here I am, Milton Jones. Between you and me, I'm an undercover journalist. So follow your leads, back your hunches and get ready to uncover the incredible scoop that is another case of Milton Jones. So here I am, Milton Jones, undercover reporter, running into the print room of the Sunday Times. Stop the press! This had better be good, Milton. These machines print a thousand pages every second. Wow, that's one Sunday Times every four minutes. (laughs) And then there's the supplements as well. That's my editor, Anton. He's got a nose for a story, an eye for a headline, and an ear for... Ow! Flicking. Get off, Milton. Now... What have we stopped the presses for? It'd better be a huge story. Don't worry, it's not like the other times. Like when you brought to our attention the huge sacrifices the Gurkhas have made for Britain, and yet they're the only bit of a Big Mac that people don't eat. <laughs> no, this is different. Hey, I don't hear presses running. Ah, our editor-in-chief. Milton has a story. But this had better be huge. Oh, it is. I've been working undercover as a homeless person. Hence the clothes. And the smell. Yeah. Anyway, I've been going through the bins of the Iranian ambassador and I found this. Fascinating. Some sort of dried grass. It took me hours to reconstruct. What is it, Milton? Wheat. Although why it was shredded in the first place, I have no idea. I see. I also found the remains of some eggs, which I have attempted to unscramble. I think we'll leave those where they are. Is this really why we stopped the press? Well, I've also got a couple of photos I took on my camera phone while undercover. Let's see. uh, One of Lady Gaga coming out of a nightclub dressed in a Velcro thong and one of William Hague in trade talks with the Portuguese. Both those shots are two a penny, Jones. Oh, no, no. Hang on. It was the other way round. (laughs) It's William Hague in a Velcro thong. Milton, you're a genius. Starve the presses! And even more exciting... Yes, Milton? You won't believe the trade concessions Lady Gaga got from the Portuguese. (laughs) I come from a family of journalists. Well, they thought I did. I was actually doing an undercover piece for a newspaper on what it's like to grow up in a family of journalists. (laughs) But it turns out that my parents were also writing a story on what it's like to bring up a child who thinks that his parents are undercover journalists. (laughs) Well, that's what it looked like. It turns out the whole thing was actually set up by another newspaper to see if anyone would read a story that was just far too confusing to follow. (laughs) I was always determined to be a journalist, and so I applied to get a job. That was the day I met Anton Peterson. He was working in Hertfordshire as the editor of a local newspaper. Ah, Milton, welcome to the Echo. Nope, I didn't hear it. (laughs) Didn't hear what? The Echo. No, this is the Aylesbury Echo, or to give it its full title... Aylesbury, Aylesbury. Yeah, I see. Well, actually, we we used to be based in Tring, or no doubt, as you'd call it, Tring, Tring. You'd better get that. What? (laughs) Oh, there's another one. Oh, hello, Marsha. Yes, he's arrived. Do pop in. 
I'm Marsha. Can I get anyone a brew? Oh, lovely. Uh, sorry, I didn't introduce you. Marsha, this is Milton. Nice to meet you. Marsha is a printer here. Nice typeface. Thank you. <laughs> How would you like your tea? Times New Roman, please. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm very particular about these things. Even at my own baptism, I insisted they change the font. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> baptism. So, how do you like your tea? I like my tea like my women. Hot? No, big black and with a penguin. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. Right, now, Elton, what shall we do with you? I see in your application you say you think the number of errors that make their way into print is an absolute sandal. <laughs> That's what it says on my CD. Ah, you mean, you mean CV. No, no, I recorded it as a song. Would you like me to play it? No, that won't be necessary. Your tea. Thank you. Sugar. I also take my sugar like my women. Uh, don't tell me. Um, sweet and available? No, I ask, but then they suddenly run out. <laughs> well, listen, you two. Uh, yeah. I'm a bit short-staffed at the moment. And so Anton gave me the job. I was going to have to work hard. I beg your pardon? Sorry, I was just writing up my memoirs for future publication. Oh, I see. Well, any questions? Uh, there is one thing that's making me feel a bit uncomfortable. Is it, oh, look, I, I know. Look, we all started with the local rag and worked our way up from the bottom. No, no, I've just spilled my tea. What was that you said about the local rag and working my way up from the bottom? <laughs> Fortunately for me, the man who wrote the obituaries had just died. <laughs> he would be sorely missed, but was going to be replaced by someone a lot better. I wrote. <laughs> but in the main, it was all lost cats and outbreaks of food poisoning. Although it turns out those particular stories were related. <laughs> Gripping local tales were hard to find, but Marsha and I had grown closer and closer, so one day, out of the blue, I asked her to marry me. Oh, Milton, I don't know what to say. Say yes, and as quickly as possible. What? Um, this all seems a bit rushed, and... Where did all these people come from? Think about it. It'll be a great local story. Two reporters from the same paper getting married. Hold still, love. Nice. You're just doing this to get a story out of it? Well, it's a slow news week. Uh, but it's not as if I don't love you. I've invited all your family. There's a big procession of bridesmaids and everything. How could you? Have you become so obsessed with journalism that you can't think of other people's feelings? Not at all. Hold the front page. See? I'm right. No, hold that little boy at the front with the line. He's crying. <laughs> we'll make a lovely photo. Oh, hang on. I've got a better story. Great. Journalist jilted her own wedding after wearing chair on head. I haven't got a chair on my head. Ow! <laughs> Eventually, Marsha and I made up. But I was still looking for a big story, some kind of cover-up. Then I met Derek Floyd, owner of the local sports club. I was nearly killed in my VW when trying to cross his golf driving range. <laughs> and so I confronted him at his health club. Milton, this had better be good. Don't worry. So, Jones, what are these ridiculous allegations of yours? You see, Anton, he knows we're onto something. Look, he's sweating. We're in a sauna. <laughs> Shall we continue this conversation outside? Very well. Right, what do you want, then? Derek Floyd, this gym is corrupt. 
We prefer to say health club. Well, you say health club, but how come people are handed a huge white bread, ridiculously chewy sandwich on the way in? Do you mean the towel? (laughs) Moving on. You also have a hugely disappointing amusement arcade. I put a pound into several of the machines and all I got was a wet pair of swimming trunks which some old man said belonged to him. (laughs) You mean the lockers in the changing room? Milton, you must have more than that. I intend to do a full expose. You already have. You didn't put anything on after we came out the sauna. (laughs) (laughs) Jones, these are ridiculous allegations. I'm going to have you thrown out. Come here. You'll have to catch me first. Floyd and his staff gave chase, and I would have got away if I hadn't tried to escape on one of those stupid bikes bolted to the floor. <laughs> he was given a suspended sentence for trying to hide his racket, and I couldn't sit down for a fortnight. <laughs> it may have been a mistake upsetting Floyd, but now I was hooked on going undercover in anything to do with sport. So next, Anton suggested I try and infiltrate a band of football hooligans. Right, so we're planning to go up to Newcastle and smash their faces in, yeah? The path to enlightenment is not to follow the way of violence. Right, so we'll have a rumble with the old bill then. The Eightfold Way tells us that we have no quarrel with worldly authorities. Hang on. Have I infiltrated the wrong group of skinheads? (laughs) I fear so, Brother Milton. So you're not Tottenham supporters? Not really. really, So when you were singing Harry, 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 Harry... It was Harry... Krishna. Not Redknapp. No. Mind you, he is an idiot. I mean, with Crouch in the team, you're always going to end up playing the long ball, aren't you? It's always 4-4-2. What he should do is play a diamond with Modric in the hole. But it does beg the question, if Peter Crouch falls over in the forest, would anyone hear him fall? <laughs> Who cares? He's a donkey. Ah. Right, well, uh, Spurs are playing at home today. Shall we pay them a visit? Here we go. I was beginning to get a nose for finding corruption in sport. During the Tour de France, I even uncovered a huge bike-fixing scandal. (laughs) But to be fair, Marsha was still supporting me in my career. I remember one day when we were in the office... (gasps) Here, Milton, take a look at this. The fly swat. No, Milton, it's a newspaper. Oh. Page 15, it's got a job you should apply for. Oh, yes. Four letters, small mammal, begins with V. Below that. Busty Blonde gives French lessons. It's quite ridiculous. You're right, I don't speak French. I'll read it out. Top investigative reporter who knows how to find a story. No, I still can't find it. Milton! It's a job as a reporter for the Sunday Times. You'll be perfect. You're single-minded, knowledgeable, and you never lose sight of the important things. You must write to them immediately. You're right. They'll know what a four-letter mammal is. No, about the job. Of course. And so I began at the Sunday Times. And best of all, they hired my editor, Anton, as well. Milton, Milton, Milton. Do you like my new name badge? Oh, yes. (laughs) Printing your name three times certainly leaves people in no doubt who you are. And you look every inch a journalist. Your braces, stripy shirt, greaseback hair. I can't help feeling there's something missing there. Is it the trousers? Could be. (laughs) Sorry, I came straight from the gym. Ah, yes, the gym. Gosh, it seems a long time ago we were investigating Derek Floyd's corrupt health club. Yes, who'd have thought it'd have to close just because someone happened to paint a giant yellow squirrel on its roof? Now, Milton, I'm afraid we have to talk about your latest expenses claim. I think the accountants might quibble at this one. 
One pot yellow paint, one big brush, one picture of a squirrel. <laughs> Research materials? I really don't think I can approve this. I don't have to answer to you. The Sunday Times are lucky to have me. I'm the most famous undercover journalist in the world. I could walk into any drug den or underground betting syndicate and they'd know who I was straight away. Yes, that's not a good thing. I don't care. Milton, you've changed. I don't have time to talk about this now. I'm due to appear on BBC News 24 any minute. They've commissioned me to use all my experience to do some in-depth, uncompromising interviews. It was true. I was to take over from Jeremy Bowen as the new presenter of Hard Talk. But the first show didn't go that well. Hello, my name is Milton Jones and this is Hard Talk. Today, one of the quintessentially belligerent protagonists of the intercollegiate syndicate of... Nope, this is too hard. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Then I moved to ITV2 and things got a lot easier. Hello, my name is Milton Jones. My guest today is Jeremy Clarkson. Jeremy, welcome to my hard-hitting TV show. Thank you. Well, I think we all feel a lot better now. (laughs) Good night. As a leading undercover journalist, I felt a duty to improve conditions for my colleagues, who often had to hang around in undesirable places to meet contacts. So I campaigned to make multi-storey car parks better lit with much clearer acoustics. (laughs) It was a great day when the changes were finally brought in. And then for some reason, my sources dried up. And so I had to swallow my pride and return to where it all began. The lush, fertile plains between the Tigris and the Euphrates. (laughs) But just then, fortunately, the Tring Echo Echo phoned with a job offer offer. And I was more than happy to answer their call. In fact, I returned just in time to answer the phone. Hello, Tring News Desk. I remember. I went there as a bit of a whistleblower. No, no, Milton, you worked there as a PE teacher. (laughs) Same thing. Anyway, apparently a new head has come into this failing school and turned it round. And now it's facing the river. (laughs) No, no. um, Do you remember about five years ago, someone called Derek Floyd? Ah, does he want his towel back? (laughs) Floyd has bought it up and turned it into a tennis academy. Well, that's fair enough. Where he intends to produce a female British tennis champion within five years. That's crazy. I know. Uh, disguise yourself as a caretaker and meet me tomorrow by the tennis court. Great disguise, Milton. You really look the part. Have you achieved anything so far? Oh, yes. I finally got this popcorn maker working. <laughs> yeah, Milton, um, can you turn that off? We haven't got much time. I'm going to register for the course, so I need a believable name for a British female tennis player. How about Miss Annabelle Palmer-Smith Woodbell Fitzsimmons... I'm never going to remember all that. Mandrake Hannington Chalmers. (laughs) It's all right, I made you this name badge. Well, if you're sure... I am. It's just that, well, I need to learn to trust you again, but I can't help feeling that there's something between us. It's the name badge, isn't it? Right, I'm going off to practice. You keep your eyes open. I could tell Marsha was upset. She seemed to move about the tennis court more awkwardly, as if something was weighing her down. (laughs) 
But just then, Derek Floyd himself came over. I had to think fast. Hey, you! What are you doing here? I am an undercover journalist come to expose... Yes? Actually, can we start this conversation again? Okay. Who are you? I'm a journalist from the British rain-affected tennis magazine Undercover Monthly. (laughs) They've commissioned me to do an article on your wonderful new academy. Oh, very good. Uh, Perhaps you could explain your methods... I see you've got a very nice popcorn machine. Oh, never mind that. I want to breed a new kind of British tennis champion. For years, our girls have been namby-pamby. They need aggression. That's why I've installed this punch bag. Here, give it a go. Okay. I see what you mean. Call that a hit. Give it another go. Oh, oh, excellent. Hang on. Don't I know you? No. Uh, I have one of those faces that looks like someone else's. Like who? Milton Jones? <laughs> Maybe, for instance, some people say. Jones. He nearly put me out of business. Anyway, I'm not Milton Jones, I'm Joan Milton. <laughs> Joan Milton? Named after Joan of Arc, maid of Orleans. Although, with hindsight, she probably wishes she was made of asbestos. <laughs> well, if I catch him or his stupid editor Anton Peterson round here, I'll give him a right thumping. See you later. Right. M- Milton, it's, it's me, Anton. I'm hiding in the punch bag. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Soon after, Marsha phoned to say that she'd found someone who'd speak out about what was really going on at the academy. Ivan Zatovich, a retired tennis umpire. I arranged a secret rendezvous. But owing to my recent campaign, it was held in a large, brightly lit overground car park with excellent acoustics under a big banner saying, Secret Meeting Here. (laughs) We were also met by a receptionist. Hello, can I help you? Yes, it's Milton Jones. We're here for our secret meeting with Mr Zatovich. Certainly, sir. You're booked into Stairwell 7, just over there by the soft play area. Oh, I, I, I really don't think... I'll just be... announce you. Milton Jones and party for secret meeting with Mr Zatovich, the retired tennis umpire. Thank you. So, there you are. Mr Zatovich, thank you so much for seeing us. We'd just like to ask you a few questions. Yeah, like, where were you when we called round to see you at four o'clock yesterday? You were out. I was in. You were out. In. Out. In. Milton, Mr. Zatovich is taking a big risk by being here. Can you tell us what Floyd is up to? Okay. He is determined to find a woman who can win Wimbledon. Well, I hope she does something about the one-way system. (laughs) No, no, the tennis championship... There are many girls here, and they mentioned a new student called Annabel Palmer-Smithwood-Bell. I never want to hear that name again. Why not? I haven't got time. <laughs> well, he thought this Annabel girl might be spying on him, but he has a different secret protégé now. She's extraordinary. She beats everyone. And most incredible of all, she's English. Hang on a minute. What's her name? XZK31 Mark IV. Ah, that explains it. Of course. She's Ukrainian. No, Milton, a robot. And I rather fear the English will be so blinded by the thought of winning Wimbledon, they won't investigate her true origins. It'll be Greg Rosetsky all over again. Precisely. (laughs) Secret meeting on Stairwell 7. Your time is up. Please make way for the next secret meeting between the Portuguese trade ambassador and William Haig. (laughs) Oh, hello, Mr. Haig. Anton. Nice thong. 
made our way to Wimbledon as fast as we could. Difficult journey, underground, overground. <laughs> we took our seats for the qualifying match, ready to watch Floyd's protege. She's walking onto the court now. It's amazing. She doesn't look like a robot at all. Absolutely. Perfect skin, graceful moves. And look, like all tennis players, she's drinking battery acid. <laughs> Miss Betty Anderson versus XZK31, Mark IV. Interesting. First game, first set. Miss Mark IV to serve. And here she goes. 15, love. Now that is a fast serve. The speed gun says it was 600 miles an hour. Wow, that's faster than a budgie up a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I would think. <laughs> the robot won the match in three minutes flat, and according to the rules, she had to give a press conference afterwards. So Anton and I waited for her to arrive. Milton, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That the band ABBA's success was based mainly on being first in the phone book. Okay, I'm thinking that when she starts speaking, it'll be even more obvious to the press that she's a robot. Ah, here she is with Derek Floyd. Now, we'll just take a couple of questions. It's been a very busy day. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I was pleased to win the game. I enjoy tennis. Excuse me, Miss uh, XZK31 Mark IV. I think we'd all be interested to know where did you learn to play like that? I learned when I was a small droid. <laughs> right, no more questions for Miss Mark Four. Uh, what about for you, Mr Floyd? We have lots of questions to ask you. Yeah, like, don't you think the wombles are rubbish, and if so, who should clear them away? <laughs> well, that really is it. No more questions. Well, that was very revealing. Yeah. Maybe she is real. I mean, that was way more interesting than most interviews with tennis players. <laughs> Now, I'm afraid I've got bad news. Marsha has gone out in the qualifiers. Playing as Miss Annabelle Palmer-Smith-Wood-Bell-Fitzsimmons-Mandrake-Hannington-Chalmers, by the time they'd announced the players, bad light had forced them to retire. <laughs> Her opponent was given a walkover. Bother! In short, we still need someone else to infiltrate the ladies' competition. And I'm sorry, Milton, but I don't think I could. Why not? If I was interviewed after a game, I'm afraid my cover would be blown. You know the BBC presenter, Sue Barker? Yes. I knew her father, Chewbacca. <laughs> Very well, I'll do it. Are you sure? Well, my grandmother did win a singles competition once. Really? Yes, I still remember her dressed all in white with her sleeves rolled up and that nasty rash. Oh, no, sorry, that was a shingles competition. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Still, I'll do it. Wimbledon is a quintessentially English tournament based on tradition and good behaviour. I will speak out for truth and justice. That's the spirit. I will stand up for fair play. Absolutely. I will bribe my way into the competition dressed as a woman. Good man. Woman. <laughs> and so I set about training to be a women's tennis player. It'd be hard work, but I'd heard that the prize for Wimbledon this year was £800,000 or 15 strawberries. <laughs> Day one, begin training. Learnt serve, volley and forehand smash. Harder than I expected. Day two, bought a tennis racket. <laughs> Suddenly it all seemed a lot easier and less painful. Day three, get on to the British team. Day four, special foreign coach teaches us to serve overarm. 
Day five. Practice different types of grunting. And serve. Huh. Good. You get to a difficult shot. Ha! Yes. Cliff Richard about to entertain the crowd. Ha! <laughs> Day six. Practice holding up large, flat, silver trophy. Ta-da! Look, I've eaten all the sandwiches. <laughs> and so the tournament began. XZK31 shot through the opening stages, beating all her opponents in straight sets and also won the doubles single-handed. And all while hoovering the court at the same time. <laughs> the day of the ladies' final arrived, and I had to make sure I was in the final to expose the robot. So I knocked out her opponent with some Robinson's barely water. <laughs> while she recovered, I put on her kit. Then I took her place on the centre court with Anton and Marsha looking on. My goodness, what a sight. It's raining, so they've had to close the roof, of course, but what a wonderful society occasion. Everyone's here, Pippa Middleton, Boris Johnson. Would you like a kettle chip? What flavour? Thick and spicy. Oh, the Beckham's here too. <laughs> now listen, Milton's only hope is to play for time and hope the robot's batteries run out. Hence, I told him to bring the popcorn machine again, but the crowd might be getting fed up with it now. Players to the court, please. We must begin. Thank you, Miss XZK31, to serve. Milton, think of something. At once, I decided to restring a racket using the finest cat gut. Stop playing for time. Make her get on with it. I couldn't put it off any longer. The robot was due to serve first, and then it came. Suddenly, time slowed down. It was as if everything was in slow motion. I put my racket up to my face to defend myself. The ball hit my racket and flew straight up in the air. Hitting the button that activated the roof covering caught. The roof began to open. Milton! Anton, what's happened to your voice? I've got a mouthful of your popcorn. You put in way too much coffee. Rain! It began to fall on the court and on the robot, which hadn't been designed to cope with these conditions. Ah! I like tennis. I like Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> XZK31! What have you done? My life's work ruined! Your robot could never be truly British. She couldn't stand the rain. <laughs> Milton, that means you've won the match. A lifelong ambition had been fulfilled. I'd won the Wimbledon ladies' tournament. <laughs> and so Princess Michael of Kent awarded me the winner's plate. And as expected, she'd already eaten all the sandwiches. <laughs> But even at this final moment, my journalistic instincts didn't leave me, as she leant in to have a quiet word. Um, you look a lot like a man dressed as a woman. That's a bit rich coming from you, Princess Michael. <laughs> that was another case of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones, Tom Goodman-Hill, Dave Lamb and Margaret Caborn-Smith. It was written by Milton Jones and James Carey, and the music was by Guy Jackson. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for BBC Radio 4. And listen again next time when you can catch another case of Milton Joe.